Welcome back to episode number 129 of the MP Dude. This is Jeff, the MP Dude, giving nurse practitioners a voice. That's everybody's voice. I want to hear from you. I want to know what's bugging you, because if it's bugging you, it's bugging me. It better be bugging everybody else. So you email me, jeff at the npdude.com, and you let me know. Tell me what's going on. We're, I don't even know what we are on Facebook. Likes, I don't know. I'm skipping it. I don't care. It's a lot. We're getting up there. Keep sharing the show, telling your friends. That's what I want to say about that. Um, you guys can keep using the Amazon affiliate link. It's a great way to support the show and tell, uh, tell me that you appreciate what I'm doing financially because what happens is you go to my website, thenpdude.com, you click on the Amazon link, you go to Amazon, you buy a bunch of crap, awesome stuff you always wanted, really expensive stuff too. <laughs> and what's it do? It kicks me a couple percentage of your purchase. It doesn't add anything to the cost of your purchase. It's really cool. It's a great way to support the show doesn't do anything to you right what better way to support somebody than to just click on a link it doesn't cost you anything more it's awesome i love it i love amazon affiliate link it's a great way to do it the um other thing you guys can do if you're interested in a chronic intractables t-shirt i got a couple left in large and extra large please email me for sizes it or for uh the size that you have and uh, where you want it sent, it is a uh, $25 item. I will send you a link to PayPal. That's how I do it. That's how you purchase it. Not a big deal. It's easy peasy. The, um, I'm going to jump in because I'm like, it's late. I'm on my way home and it's dark and it's snowing again and I'm, I'm kind of getting tired and it's been a frustrating day. So I want to, I want to just go through something. Um, couple things. One is uh, an exchange on Facebook, and I'm going to clarify some things and make sure that everybody understands where I'm coming from in case somebody saw my comment and said, wow, Jeff's a dick. Because I'm not trying to be just a dick. I'm trying to explain it, and I'll get frustrated with people, and I'm going to explain why I'm frustrated in a certain position, a certain issue. And um, I'm not going to get in a Facebook battle with somebody that just posts a billion paragraphs over and over again with nonsensical arguments that don't necessarily apply or are not pertinent, okay? So I'm not going to get into that. I don't have time for that crap. And nor do you. Don't waste your energy. So I'm going to explain it on the air, and it's there for the ether. You guys can all pick it apart if you want. If you don't like what I say, email me, jeff at the mpdude.com. If there's something wrong, I will correct it. I promise. If there's something I say wrong, and you show me that I'm wrong, I will always double back and say, look, dude, I'm wrong. I screw up too. And I say things on the fly, especially when I'm driving and I'm tired. So sometimes it comes out wrong, and I don't really mean it that way. And I don't go back and edit my shows, so sometimes you get something wrong, and I'll fix it. But you got to call me out on it, so you got to email me. The, um, the Facebook issue with it, I want to go through. See a post. Certain individual posts and says, myths about APRN and the law. And you guys may have seen this, you may not, I don't know. I don't care. Myth number three. APRNs are exempt employees under FLSA. That's the myth. And and so the myth is saying, no, no, you are a non-exempt employee and you get time and a half overtime and that the, the professional exemption doesn't apply to you and that the white collar exemption doesn't apply to you and that the, um, the high wage earner exemption doesn't apply to you. And that's a crock of crap. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. And I, I called him out on this. And I said that is a patent, what did I say? And the word was harsh, 
I used a hard harsh, harsh word. I can't remember what I said. It was something fabrication. That was that's a fabrication, and I get tired of having to over-explain it again and again and again. And this is from somebody that should know better, and they're using it as a tactic to drum up business through fear, and and the hopes that APRNs are going to be able to utilize services to be able to get some money. And to me, I find that deplorable. I don't like that, and I'll explain why. As an APRN, I am for promoting our profession. If I am going to say that you are a supervised person and you have no authority to make decisions on your own, I'm unwinding the hard work and effort of all of the leaders that have tried to expand our scope and credibility in our profession, and it unwinds all of that. In one little argument for a couple people to make some bucks, some time and a half, of, you know, a couple thousand bucks, to me it ain't worth it. And I find that to be detracting from the profession. Okay? So I have a hard, I have a hard time with that one. My philosophy, and it is also the Department of Labor's philosophy, is that you as an APRN are a Category 1 exempt, Category 1 uh, likelihood of exempt status because it is a facts and circumstance test. Every person gets a different individual analysis on their specific issue to see if they are truly in one of the exempt classes. And I've talked a lot about that in the past. This individual quotes and cites to a Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals case from the early 2000s that was probably APRNs fighting over an issue from the late 1990s. So that argument is a little dated, and it is the latest case law on it. However, the Department of Labor has come back several times since 2005 and have updated what has been included as the scope of exemption for nurse practitioners, PAs, and the like. As recent as May of 2016, in which they actually added in a table that includes the likelihood of exempt status. They give it a number, one, two, three, or four. And there's several of them in there for APRNs, but, but the first one is a one. And most likely, depending on the facts and circumstances of your individual case, if you're prescribing medication, you're prescribing treatments, and you're seeing patients without having a f- physician look over your shoulder all the time, you're probably exempt, according to the Department of Labor. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals overturned the original trial court that said you are an exempt employee as an APRN, and they did it because back in the late 90s, nurse practitioners and PAs did not have autonomy like we do today. So it's unwinding. By using that argument, yeah, you want some money for your client, but for the profession, you kicked us in the balls. And this is somebody that tasks themselves as you know supporting APRNs. That, that frustrates me. So I hope he listens to this and understands where I'm coming from. I am in this for our profession. I'm an attorney that is doing this to help support our profession. I takes a little bit of money every now and then to help review a contract, but I spend more energy than I should to help people understand how to better their position so that they understand how to better the profession. I really am for the profession, and I ask nothing for it except use my Amazon affiliate link, which costs you nothing. See what I'm doing? I could exploit the hell out of you guys and scare the crap out of you and take your money left and right. I don't do it. I don't do it. I'm in it for the right friggin' reason. 
I don't need extra cash. It's nice, but I don't need it. So I'm not killing myself and exploiting you guys using fear tactics to regress our profession by using the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals decision that said that we're basically RN pluses. If I was on the other side of that one, I would have crushed it. Because I guarantee, unless it was done in 2007, 2006 was the, the first time they updated the Department of Labor rules and regulations that included APRNs. Because of that case. So it makes the, the case, it's the MCARE case. I can't remember what the first, the Belt versus MCARE, I think. I can't remember what the name, full name of the case is. But it's the MCARE case. That case is completely moot now. The appellate court reviewed it, and the question that was used, what was question presented there was whether or not APRNs and PAs are exempt in the FLSA. And it's been updated. The rules are changed. The regs are changed. It makes that entire legal question, the constitutional question, to figure out what was, what was and what was not exempt status for a non-contemplated profession. It was no contemplation prior to that. The Fair Labor Standards Act and the Department of Labor had not contemplated whether nurse practitioners and PAs were exempt or not. That was the, the, the question. Well, it's now answered multiple times over through multiple revisions of the, the Department of Labor's regulations. So it's a moot point. And I'm right. Bingo. Boom. Slam dunk. Done. See how that works? All right. Um, but there's a lot of words. If you guys want to go look on Facebook and find it, you'll you'll know. Most of you guys are going to know who I'm talking about. And it's like, seriously, dude, quit marketing. It's too much, man. Back it down. We see your face all the time. Back it down, dude. Too much. If he was that busy and that good, he wouldn't be on Facebook marketing all the time. And I'm not. I'm, he maybe is very good. I have no idea. But he's on Facebook a lot. <laughs> I mean, they got a lot of free time if that's what you're doing. I thought he was working a couple jobs. Go do go do your legal stuff, man. All right, I'm not beating up on him. I'm sure he's very good at what he does, but I just it, it frustrates me that it's you're you're regressing the profession for monetary gain. I get it. You're a lawyer. That's fine. You can do that. Go for it. But I'm doing it for the profession. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. T- I wouldn't have done it that way. At least I wouldn't have used that case case is old unless that was last argued by that individual back in the early 2000s then it would have been a pretty recent law it's not the case anymore everywhere in the state of the in every state in the union the fair labor standards act has a clear delineation about aprn practice as a category one likelihood of exemption there's a category two and a category three so it gives you the facts and circumstance tests that you can do for all the other exemptions i've talked about those in the past they're all buried in my podcast if you want to look at fair labor standards act or flsa you can plug it into my search terms in your search box and you'll pop them right up so that's that all right i'm not gonna harp on that one anymore but it, it frustrates me i read the case i read the mcare case and i saw the question presented and the the disposition wasn't how i would have even taken it even back then But when you put yourself in the context of the late 90s, advanced practice nurses were basically RNs with master's degrees that didn't necessarily have prescriptive authority in a lot of states. So what was the difference between an RN and an MSN uh, FNP or acute care NP back in the day? In a lot of places, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot. You were either a scribe or you did H&Ps. So you weren't a provider, quote unquote, back in the day 
So I think that maybe that was the understanding of the, of the appellate court was because they were, they were trying to bend over backwards to be friendly to these advanced practice nurses and PAs that were getting taken advantage of by a hospital system. Now, that doesn't mean that I think a hospital system can take advantage of you guys. I don't. I really don't. I think it's critical that if you get taken advantage of, you bring it to the attention of people that can help you. But take that and use it as a provider. You guys are providers now. You're professionals. Most of us meet the, the high wage earner exemption. So we're not going to get it. Anyways, on multiple levels. And to say, oh, well, they're not a, prof- a professional uh, manager, that is bullshit argument. That is not at all what it is, and it's detracting from what the real argument is. We're providers, we're professionals, and you should expect to be an exempt employee. The reason being is we want to fight for autonomy, we want to fight for more authority and full practice, and yet on the other side of our mouth we want to say, oh, no, 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 but we want to get time and a half overtime and be treated like an RN over here, but we want to be treated like a provider over here, and you will, I'm your equal on some puddings, and I'm not your equal on others, so, uh, you know, give me more money, but not, you know, and more authority, but, you know, I, I want to get punch out at 4 o'clock and be, be home by 4.15. It doesn't work that way. If you want the autonomy and you want the professional status, it goes with it. Welcome to professionalism. It's the way it is. If you want to be a clock watcher and do that, then you put it in your freaking contract that way and you say, look, I am leaving at this time. <laughs> well, then they say patient abandonment and that's a good argument. The patient abandonment is a fallacy. That was in there I saw as well. That's a fallacy. Patient abandonment doesn't exist. There is no statute that says that you have to stay until the last thing is done. Now, from good business standpoint, you will. And from a negligence standpoint, you have to do the negligence analysis that we do all the time. What would the reasonably prudent provider in same or similar circumstance do? Totally different issue. But you guys are providers. I, I can't say that enough. Act like providers. If you don't get time and a half and you're pissed about it, do a better job with your next contract. <laughs> do a better job. You won't make that mistake again. Live and learn. Okay? Uh, and if you don't have a contract and you're, and you're in an employee-employer relationship with no contract, do you want to work there and work there on their terms? If the answer is no, don't work there. If they want to treat APRNs like crap, they're going to get whoever wants to be willing to work there. Let the, let the cream rise to the top. The other people that are stuck working there because they can't get in anywhere else, they'll figure out real quick that, hey, we either have to, to treat them better, APRNs, pay them better, treat them more like a provider, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, not take advantage of them, poop on them, and all that stuff. And, and, and then maybe maybe you'll get better ones. I don't know. Let the market dictate that one. But I'm, I'm not a fan of this, this whole argument of, oh, we're not providers and we're not professionals and we don't meet the exemptions over here, but we want to be treated like it on the other side. And I promote these profession, but yet I'm going to stifle them over here because I just want to get paid. I just, eh, eh, ugh, puke, right? That's why I'm not a good lawyer. I'm too honest. Too friggin' honest. So frustrating to me. And I'm smart enough to see it. That's why I'm frustrated with it. Okay? Um... 
Next thing I'm going to talk about. That's it. I'm not going to say anything more. You guys that are out there that are not RN pluses, that are kicking ass, know what I'm talking about. If you're an RN plus and you're frustrated right now and you're pissed at me because of what I'm saying, chances are you're an RN plus. If you're pissed at me for saying go be a provider and kick ass and you're upset about that, then you need to look in the mirror and see if, if this is really what you want to do. <laughs> I mean, you're a provider. That's what you guys got to do. You got to take that to heart. You got to take it serious. All right, let's move on. I got something. I got an email. Northwest Paul, Northwest Passage Paul. I keep changing his name. North Northwest Pacific Paul. What do I call you, Paul? I can't remember. <laughs> Snowing out. I got a guy tailgating. I'm going, I'm going 75 on a two-lane back road in the snow, and a guy's tailgating me. What's up, dude? I'm usually that guy. He's a big truck, too. It's kind of like Christmas vacation when that big pickup truck is chasing down the family truckster in the beginning. That's what it feels like. This guy's going to kick my ass. Don't kick my ass, man. I'm a wimp. All right. So anyways, Paul sends me an email. says, haven't talked to you in a while. He's busy in school and he's got some things here. I want to read him. God, this guy won't get off my tail. I'm going 60, dude. It's a 45. I'm going to pull over. This guy's, he's, he's pushing it and it's snowing. Back off. I'm brake, I'm brake checking him. Get back, dude. Back it off there, sunshine. There you go. So you got the picture. I did a hard break on a snowy road. That's what you get. <laughs> Sorry. It's very distracting when you have giant head beams, high beams shining in your eyes. All right. Paul writes to me. I'm going to read some of it. This was a this was a um, school um, assignment that he did, and I think it's worth reading because he's right on point. And the um, the, uh, the the topic was, um, and it's hard because I got tailgater here and a stoplight, stop sign. We know stoplights on the middle of the country. Hold on one second. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I'm going for it. Yeah, buddy. There you go. All right. So Paul says, um, this was an assignment that says, um, talking about clinical experience. It was an assignment that he had to write. And it's, here's what he wrote to help, um, Here, I'm going to use the words to inspire others to um, take advantage of opportunities. And this can be, can be applied to your practice. It can be applied to your life. It can be applied personally. It could be, somebody just mentioned me. Who just mentioned me? Well, I don't know. Um, And I'm driving and reading in the dark. So please bear with me. Number one, be a go-getter. Couldn't agree more, buddy. I couldn't agree more. Go get it done. Here's what he says. When you see a provider, you introduce yourself. This is in the student context. Be friendly. Say hi. Let them know who you are. And um, if they have any unique patients, procedures, opportunities, I'm kind of paraphrasing, um, that you can observe or help in, you do it. It's a great, great plan. That goes in your profession too. So if you're out and working and somebody says, hey, I got this weird thing, you say, hey, let me go look at that. I want to see that. I got this weird something going on. I want to know what that is. Show me what that is. Show me the research on that. Okay? I agree, Paul. Go get it. Two, be willing to do anything. Agreed. Especially in a clinical setting. Be willing to do anything. If someone needs help with something, get right in there. You do it. Doesn't matter what it is. It could be faxing. It could be scanning. It could be... You know, if the office is struggling to get something done or there's a headache or there's an emergency and you're an able-bodied human being that can jump in behind the scenes and help get them through a crisis, you do it. I don't care if it's plunging the toilet. I don't care. You do it. That's my words, not his. Okay. 
Um, let's see here. If it is something you've never done before, own it. Agreed. You make it yours. I agree. Those are the same words I would say. Now, I, I learned to get into it, but it's the same thing. When I had a, a boss that said, you know, you, you need to just get into it. And, and I was like, what do you mean get into it? You just have to wrap your brain around whatever it is that you're doing. You have to wholly vest yourself into whatever that is. That's the secret to success. It's not luck. I mean, there may be a little bit of luck, but not usually. You make your own luck, and you make it by doing stuff like being willing to do anything. People will notice. I guarantee it. People will notice. Three. And I'm missing some Paul, so I apologize, buddy, but it's hard to read. Captain Braylights is behind me again. Three. Have a good attitude. There's plenty of toxic mojo in the medical field. Don't add to it. Complaints, gossip, and a bad, or a bad attitude. Don't add to it. Don't do it. You make yourself above the fray. If somebody's talking smack about somebody, say, look, I don't care. I got patients that talk about other providers in the community. I said, look, I like them. They do a good job. I refer to them or I use them. And I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to put up with you talking bad about them. You just stop it. You don't, you don't feed into it. If somebody says something negative about somebody, you don't feed into it. You don't say, oh, well, you know, because it doesn't feed your ego. It doesn't stroke your ego. There's no reason for it. Just don't buy into it. Rise above it. I agree, Paul. Paul's a smart cookie, man. I'm telling you. All right, number number three, we're still on it. If you had a bad morning at home, you leave it there. You don't take it to work with you. You don't take it to clinical work with, with you. you got to be able to switch it off. That's part of business. And there's a fake it till you make it mentality. And this goes with the imposter uh, phenomena. This goes with um, the, um, and we've talked about imposter phenomena before. If you're new, go back and search it. You can find imposter phenomena listed in there. And and your, your, your ability to walk into a situation, smile, and be confident, you don't have to show all your cards. And those cards include... Just had a fight with the wife. Kids are pissed at me. Dog pooped on the floor. Grandma died. Yes, those all suck. But those those people are there to see you for their problem, not yours. You rise above it. You go talk to your provider for your problems. I agree. Paul's a smart guy, man. I wish I could work with Paul. Paul, move to Ohio. We'll start practice together. All right. I'd hire you in a second, buddy. I would. Um, here's what he says here. One of my favorite quotes is no misfortune is so bad that whining about it won't make it worse. That's by Jeffrey R. Holland. I tell my kids this all the time. Whining never solves anything. I will be more upset with you if you whine about a problem than if you just come to me and you'll get in trouble for whining about it. But if you come to me with words and articulate the reason of the problem, I will do everything in my power to help you. Even if it's ridiculous. Because you did it the right way. I agree. Whining makes everything worse. It does. Just does. So stop whining. Don't whine. There's no whining. No whining zone. Rise above. You're professionals. Keep on trying. Number four. There's some preceptors who just aren't cut out to be preceptors. And maybe you got stuck with one. Hang in there. 
it's only one semester, and then he's got a, a time frame that he's done with school. But I agree with you. You hang in there because it's temporary. A lot of this is temporary. If you have a patient that's a pain in your ass, you only have them for 20 minutes. It's only 20 minutes, maybe 30 if they're a real pain in the ass, but you're only going to see them for 30 minutes. You could do anything for 30 minutes. When I was doing P90X, man, I could do pull-ups for 30 minutes. You can't talk to somebody that maybe marginally you know, dislike, that you just would prefer not to have them as a patient, and they're a pain in the ass, and they're non-compliant, and all this stuff, but you're trying your best to help them. You could do anything for 30 minutes. I, it's, it's fantastic. I wanted to, to end with this on a, on a positive note. And, and I think Paul really just hit, you know, the, the timing of your email was perfect because I got some stuff in my personal life that's going on and it's frustrating and it's upsetting and scary and, um, things are just going. Some of it I'll talk about in the future that once things are settled, um, some of it I'm not, but for the most part, you know, we all go through this stuff and these are, these are things that will help you in your day-to-day life. Same thing with your family. You can apply all of these things other than the preceptor one, but you can apply all this stuff to, you know, relationships. These are relationship issues. Perfect, Paul. Awesome, buddy. I want to keep hearing stuff from you. Every time Paul sends me an email or a, a message on Facebook, I just smile because he's getting it. He's got it. Awesome work. I'm really proud of you. Keep kicking butt. I want you guys out there, if you're working, be smart, be safe, promote our profession. Don't tear each other down. If you see negativity on Facebook, ignore it. Just move on. Don't waste your energy because it's not helpful to you. I care about the individuals, the collective on Facebook, whatever. But the individuals that are there, if they are just firing each other up for no reason, then then it's it's just trolls. Ignore trolls in your life. They're not worth it. So be smart, be safe, and we will talk soon.